special episode of Half Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce. It's episode 136.5, and we'll talk about 136 in a second. And I'm joined on the line once again by Lux. Lux, how are you now? I'm doing just fine. Good, good, good. It has been a while since you've been on with us, on with me here on the cast. It's good to have the original crew back together. It's good to be back. It's, uh, now folks, I mean, I, we all know things happen and people end up having to go and take care of things in real life. And we, we'd all love to be here on the podcast each and every week and talking cards, but Lux, life got real, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> we don't need to get into any more details about that. Life got real. So it's good to have Lux back. Um, so we're going to have a while here where we're going to have a mix of me and Lux and Pete, and we'll see whoever else we can mix into. So we're going to have lots of uh, cool stuff going on on the show here, coming to you guys, and uh, maybe like a, a little bit more content for you guys to enjoy. So um, let's get to some uh, a little housekeeping. Um, if you like what you hear, folks, uh, be sure to check out the LotusCouncil.com. That's our home. Uh, and there is, uh, that's where the podcast gets posted, but it also gets posted on, on a bunch of other discord servers. It's posted to Twitter. It's posted to, uh, you know, uh, all over the place where people can go and enjoy it. Uh, so please go and check out the Lotus Um, and you know, find our podcast first and foremost there, support those guys, people there. Uh, the link to the, their discord is going to be in the show notes down below along with how you can get a hold of us here at the podcast. So uh, if you want to reach out to us and uh, find out more about the podcast, be sure to check out those inf- those links there. All right, Lux, tonight we're going to keep it going to keep it real short, real sweet. We're going to have two segments. We're going to have segment one, we're going to have some garbage or great. And then segment two, we're going to look at some previews uh, because there's a whole lot of cool stuff from March of the Machines. Uh, previews, I believe, start in earnest on Wednesday. Um, so, uh, thought, thought it'd be good to finally catch up with the cards that we've already seen. So, uh, are you, are you buckled in, all strapped in, ready to go? I definitely am. All right, here we go. So, first off, we have Garbage or Great. We I found this card, Stand Together, in a common from Darksteel. Three green, green for instant. Check this one out, Lux, what do you think? Put two plus one plus one counters on target creature. Put two plus one plus one counters on another target creature. What's your thought? I mean, honestly, they, the price for this could be a little bit lower since it is in green. And they, they I don't know, they, I'm just saying that for that affection, they, yeah, like it's cool, but they, for five mana, they, you, they, it would need to have more oomph. Oh, yeah, this is unplayable trash. You don't have to be nice to this card there. there, there I'm just saying, like, I, I am saying this as a green player, like, that card, they, like, it's just disappointing. Yeah, like, it might have been good in Limited 10 years ago. Might have been good. As a way to make your big green monsters even bigger and scary and stomp all over your opponents. But in Commander, five mana cards like that do not do the trick. They are not good enough. So... Do not play this card, folks. It's ex- it exists in exactly fifty-two decks. Fifty-two. When it's uh, when a, de- a card that is as old as this is from Dark Shield appears in a mere fifty-two decks, that tells you it is unplayable trash. So, 
We don't usually come down on the side of whether a card is garbage or great. This, my friends, is garbage. Are we? Is there any other way to sum it up there, there Lux? Like, I know we want to be nice sometimes, yeah. and we want to find an upside. I can't find an upside here. Like, if I wanted, if I wanted this effect, I can get it far cheaper, and I can do it far better with other cards. So I'm not wasting this. I'm not wasting this as, as, a, as a card. So, yeah, because like to be honest, like I can. Like, there are several other green card cards in green that are the same mana cost, but do so much more. Just run overrun if you want this effect. Like, wouldn't overrun be like, like that's like that's what this card is supposed to be? It's supposed to be like the combat trick to help you win combat to end end the game. Why wouldn't you just run overrun and just smash them? Really, like that's the thing. Like, like incremental growth is the same mana cost at sorcery speed, but it targets three creatures. Like this is just not enough for what you're getting. The only upside is that it's an instant. This is garbage. Don't play it. Not a good card. Bleh. Okay. We're good? <laughs> yep. All right. Bonus one tonight, since uh, Stand Together was so lousy, uh, we have Voice of the Woods, which is a card that people may not have uh, heard of before, because I never had. Um, so we have three green green for an elf. It's a 2-2, two -two, and it says, tap five untapped elves you control, create a 7-7 seven -seven green elemental creature token with trample. Um... Your thoughts on this one? Okay. To be honest, this effect seems more worthy of being five mana. Yeah. Yeah. If if I'm gonna spend five mana, I'd rather spend it on this. And in and with like with Lathral still being a very popular commander, like if we go and see top commanders, let's see how far Lathril is down the list. Lathril's still number three in the from the last two years. In the past week, Lathril is still number three. People are excited to build green-based elf decks. If green-based elf... See, like, 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 to be honest, like, who wouldn't love getting a 7-7 seven, seven stoppy? Or or multiple. Like If, if you imagine yeah. like a deck like with uh, with Lathril being, like, creating a whole bunch of green elves... Like, this is your payoff. You make a whole bunch of 7-7s seven and attack for the win. Like, that's like that to me seems perfectly reasonable. So, yeah. Like, I like I yeah. this. And, you know, and, like, you know what the price of it is? Hmm. It's in, it's 15 cents. Ooh. Now, obviously, it appears in the Lathral Commander deck. So, it's already there. But... If you like, were somebody who went and picked up Lathril on the side, or if you're somebody who's playing one of the other many green elf commanders, like it doesn't cost you that much to go and pick this up. It's like 25 cents, 25, 22 cents for a dual deck copy, 40, 41 cents for an onslaught copy. Like it's not overly taxing to go and put a 40 cent card that you know can be used as your finisher. Um, if you have a big board state full of elves, um, and I think that that seems really, you know, budget conscious and impactful in a game. So, unlike Stand Together, this is great. This is a card that budget conscious players who are looking to find something that's 
perhaps a little bit that's going to find something affordable, but it's going to pack a big wallop. Like this is it. So I'm in. <laughs> so, any other thoughts, Lux? No, just that they. This is way. This is a much better choice than stand together. Yes, and considering they are exactly the same mana cost, I would run Voice of the Woods every single time, and not stand together. Oh, there we go. Done. All right. Yep. I love that. I love. I love a nice, sweet, uh, short, um, garbage or grade. All right. We're moving on to some previews from March of the Machines there, everybody. So, if you haven't been following the lore, um, in Phyrexia Albi 1, essentially, the Planeswalkers that descended upon um, New Phyrexia were attempting to stop Elish Norn's plan of using her version of the World Tree called Realmbreaker to launch an invasion on the rest of the multiverse. Well, they were unable to stop that, and so now in March of the Machines we're getting glimpses of what the war would look like on a whole bunch of planes, including Kamigawa, Kaladesh, Kaltheim, Kapena, and many, many more. So it's pretty cool. Um, previews are going to start this Wednesday. So probably by the time this episode comes out, the previews will have started uh, that morning. So we thought we'd spend our time looking at the cards that have already been previewed, cards we've already, we already know are going to be coming out in the set. And uh, sort of go through them and what they might offer for Commander. Are you ready to go, Lux? Yep. All right, here we go. First up, we have Heliod, the Radiant Dawn. So two white, white for a legendary creature, legendary enchantment creature god. He's a rare and says, when Heliod, the Radiant Dawn, enters the battlefield, return target enchantment card that isn't a god from your graveyard to your hand. And then three and a Phyrexian blue. Transform Heliod, the Radiant Dawn. Activate this only as a sorcery, and you transform it into Heliod the Warped Eclipse. Now, it was a 4-6, and it says, You may cast spells as though they had flash. Spells you cast cost one less to cast for each card your opponents have drawn this turn. Huh. What do we think of this? This is really This is a very complicated card. Yeah. So, I'm looking at this like So, first off, folks, this is a blue-white card. As much as the front face of Heliot is mono-white, the blue activation of the uh, mono... Uh, uh, sorry, the uh, Hyphrexian blue turns this into a mono... into a blue-white card, and his identity on the back is blue-white, too. You can tell by the framing of, around uh, Heliot the Warped Eclipse. Let's talk about the front side of this. When he enters the battlefield, you can return an enchantment card from your that isn't a god from your graveyard to your hand. How impactful is that? Like, doesn't say doesn't say aura, doesn't say, um, like it just says an enchantment. So that could be a saga. That could be. Like, there's a lot of powerful sagas, right? Like, you get that. Yep. You can go get your, like, your, um, your anointed procession or your smothering tithe or some other powerful enchantment that usually gets killed early in the game because everyone knows that if they don't, then people run away with it. So, like, this is an Oromancer effect on a 4-4 on a body. Um, that seems pretty reasonable, doesn't it? Yep. So, now, this transforms for effectively three mana. 
and turns into the other version of Heliod, the Warped Eclipse. This sign has a lot more appeal to me. You may cast spells as though they had flash. So that's like a, like a ley, line of, a ley Line of Anticipation sort of idea. So... Tap. Sorry. End step before you untap. You pay the three mana, flip Heliod over, and now you have what amounts to a Ley Line of Anticipation sitting in front of you that also includes a cost reduction mechanic. So now you're playing so now you're playing the proactive interactive deck and you just say uh I draw pass and play the waiting game to see what your opponents have done and you know you can then respond to them with <coughs> counter spells removal or just further your own board state because Heliod's going to allow you to do that that seems pretty potent What are you thinking about this one? Like, I don't know. Like, seems seems pretty good to me. Yep. I'm just sort of looking at it, checking it out on EDH Rec because I hadn't checked it out. I mean, oh wow, it's just somebody's drawing all the cards. Okay, check this out for high synergy cards, including things like Prosperity, Windfall, Vision Skeins, Skeins, Echo of Eons, Days Undoing, Fascination. Jason's Archivist. Emergency Powers. I think Emergency Powers seems pretty busted with that. <laughs> if you can reduce the mana cost on Emergency Powers and then draw a pile of cards and do a thing, like that seems pretty good. Uh, I'm pretty excited for Heliod. I think... Hey, I think from a, from, a, from a thematic standpoint, I love the fact that the Phyrexians have been able to, to, to corrupt a god. Like, how cool is that? And they, since we've seen Heliod be completed, they remember in the story how it says that the, the seas of Theros and uh, were tainted with Phyrexian oil. Yes, that could potentially mean that Thassa herself was also completed. Well, so in the, I believe it was also said that there was a second god that had been corrupted. So if we know Heliod is, and there's one more, it could very well be Thassa. In uh, which case, I'm very keen to see what Thassa looks like, um, and what the and whether or not she she carries any any uh, mechanical similarities to Heliod. So I'm pretty excited for for Heliod. I think he's going to be pretty interesting. Um, I think you know he's nothing earth shattering for blue and white. You know, blue white uh, interactive interactive decks are not particularly innovative to the to the archetype. Um, but that doesn't mean that Heliod can't be fun. Um, and you can, and the ability to cast things at flash, at flash speed is very powerful and could allow to lead to all sorts of, uh, all sorts of crazy things. So I'm a fan. We're looking to see what more comes from Heliod, mm -hmm. Radiant Dawn, um, and yeah, they, Warped they, Eclipse. They, all that I'm wondering is they, you remember how last time we saw Heliod, he had been imprisoned in the underworld. I'm wondering how he got out. Good question. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. All right, let's move on. Gingitaxius, the Great Synthesis. So, Gingitaxius, and then the other half is the Great, great Synthesis. You want to read Gingitaxius? 
Yep, I'm like, okay, for three blue and blue, you get a legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor, 5-5, five, five, with Ward 2. Whenever cast a non-creature in a spell with mana value 3 or greater, draw a card. And three generic and a blue, Exile Gen Cataxius, then return it to the battlefield transformed under its owner's control. Activate only as a sorcery, and only if you have seven or more cards in hand. Then on the back, the Great Synthesis, and the Chapter One, the cards equal to the number of cards in your hand. You have no maximum hand size for as long as you control the Great Synthesis. Then two, return all non-Phyrexian creatures to their owner's hands, and you may cast any number of spells from your hand without paying their mana costs. Exile the Great Synthesis, then return it to the battlefield. Good grief. Okay. <laughs> so, let's... This really hinges on whether or not you can turn this over, doesn't it? Because if you can flip yep. it over, that is Seagate Restoration followed by a... some sort of, like, like cyclonic rift-like effect and then uh, an omniscience. Right? Like, presumably. Because, like... So that's really was like three wild abilities that if you can't win the game with those, that's a problem. Let's talk. So the real question is, can you get this turned over onto the other side? So three blue, blue, ward two. Okay. Five, five for five mana is fine. Ward two is nice. Whenever you cast it on, creature spell with mana value three or greater draw a card. The problem here is that most blue, most blue non-creature spells are probably cheaper than three mana. So if you think about all the two mana artifact, like uh, a uh, counter spells, so you're running arcane denials and counter spells and mana drains and uh, the offer you can't refuses, and then on on we go down the list to increasingly powerful one mana and two mana uh, counter spells, which is probably what you're going to do with this. Sure, you might play a divination or something to that effect that sort of draw effect, but I feel like that's probably not what this deck card is going to do in the long term. So I'm torn to see how much you're going to be able to draw off of it naturally. So you're going to need to have some sort of setup where you draw a bunch of cards to set yourself up where you can flip it over. Because right, you got to have seven cards in hand. What are the chances someone's going to have seven cards in hand? Not very likely. No, like I can think of like because the problem is like, you're all. It'd be great if you just could. Your opponents did nothing, <coughs> and you could just sit there and goldfish. But your opponents are going to actively do something, which means you actively need to respond to them. So, consequently, you're not going to have seven cards in hand very much, hardly ever. So, I think it's going to be really difficult to flip this over and make this be good. Um. So you're really just looking at a 5-5 five, five for 5 with War 2 that can maybe draw you a couple of cards. So uh, I, I'm, are you excited for that? Is, that? is that sort of statistics that you're going to say, whoa, that's cool? Or is that just sort I mean, of not okay? Really. No, it's just sort of okay. So Ginger Taxis is cool because if you can get to the back, that thing is broken in half. But you got to get to the Maybe back. Like yeah, like the pro and see, like that's the problem is that you're gonna have to work for it. Yeah, sure are. Yeah. So 
I, I th- I'm kind of the opinion that this is going to be an interesting card. People, I don't think it's, A, I don't think it's going to be a commander. I don't think there's going to be enough people who are going to be dedicated to playing mono blue to try and make this thing a thing. I think that someone's going to put it in a deck that draws a pile of cards and see if they can't flip it over and see what they see what shenanigans they get up to. And that's fine. I'm okay with people who want to fool around with this sort of card and see if, see if they can make it work. But Ginger Taxius is just okay as far as I'm concerned. All right, next. This one got my attention. And I don't know how good it's going to be. Five black black sorcery. It's called Breach the Multiverse. Each player mills ten cards. For each player, choose a creature or planeswalker card in that player's graveyard. Notice it doesn't say among the ten that you just milled. Just, just in the yard generally. Put those cards onto the battlefield under your control. Then each creature you control becomes a Phyrexian in addition to his other types. So... I look at this sort of card, and I'm like, this looks like a great mill payoff. Right? Like, this kind of looks to me like Mnemonic mnemonic Betrayal, or some sort of, like, big mill payoff, whereby you can mill a whole bunch of things and steal something hugely impactful from your opponents and win the game. But... Basically, yeah. It's basically mill and Phyrexian tribal. Yeah. Yeah, so the problem, to my, to my thinking with this, though, seven mana is an awful lot of mana to spend on this sort of effect. And then you're only getting one thing from each graveyard. Including your own. But you're only getting one thing. You're, so you're coming out with a four for one. And the potential gain is very questionable when you've got so many cards for, for relying on your opponent's decks to give you gas to win the game. I think this card is going to be fun. I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be it's going to result in funny stories. I don't think this card is good um, to the point where, like, I think if you're looking to if you're somebody who is hell bent on winning, you don't run this. If you're somebody who's in this to have a good have a lark tonight and uh, do something goofy, well, here you go. Um, but, you know, I have, I have a mill deck that I, well, not a mill deck, but like a graveyard, make you pinch your hand, then steal your things from your yard sort of style deck. Um, you know, this would be interesting. This would be nasty in Turgrid. Like Turgrid would be awful with this. Never an opponent sacrifices. No, maybe not. It's not the mill, I guess. I was. On a, I thought. Of, oh well. Anyway. Yeah, it's just okay. Like seven mana for this for this effect is very expensive, and I imagine this this is probably yeah. going to come down to be like, I don't know, a dollar or less by the time it by the time it's done. Yeah, they, this is more of a casual card. They not fit for a competitive setting. Oh God, no. <laughs> oh God, no. It's, it's, and it's 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 interesting, but I don't think it's particularly good. So I like if you were to play this in like a tournament style and in a they they nobody would really they shun you for it, but you would be getting some awkward looks. I think so. Yeah, I think so. All right, up next, Chandra. 
What does what what the new Chandra get, offer us? And bring her up. Okay, Chandra has been for four red red. Legendary Planeswalker Chandra, uh, five loyalty. And her static is whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. Ability triggers only once each turn. Her plus two, add two mana in any combination of colors. And plus one, sell the top five cards of your library into the end of your next turn. You may cast an instant or sorcery spell from among those exile cards. Minus X, Chandra Hope's Beacon deals X damage to each of, of up to two targets. So, that static ability is pretty potent, isn't it? Yep. So, this really hinges on the static and the plus one. Right? So, you go, fo- you go plus one, exile five cards, find instant sorcery, cast it, double it, and then read the rewards. So, I mean, in that sense, it seems pretty cool. I can think of some really potent things that you're going to go dig up with this sort of card. So you go and find your extra turn spell, you go and find a big uh, a big burn spell, or you go find Mana Geyser or something like Imagine Mana Geyser. So you, plus one, you go and find a Mana Geyser, you double it, you're making God knows how much mana, and then you get to essentially unload your hand on them. If you got anything left in hand. So, I mean, there is lots of application here. I kind of excited for, but six mana is super expensive. Like, that's so expensive for a planeswalker. And I'm like in Commander, planeswalkers really you struggle to stay on the board, don't they? Yep. So I mean I like her. I think she's I think she's super cool. Um, I hope she's excellent. I really do. Like, I, I, I kind of like, sometimes we take a wait and see approach here, Lux, and I'm kind of like, I always kind of poo-poo that idea and say, no, 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 we got to make a decision. I'm like, this is really one that I think I want to see people try it because I, th- I want her to be awesome. Like, I think she's like, this is a really cool design for a Chandra. How many times have we seen Chandra just be like super lack, lackluster? Like, Ping a thing, um, uh, uh, like deal a damage to like to your opponent's face and reveal a card, and then like no, like this is like legitimate. You get wicked card selection, an awesome static ability, and then if the board gets kind of silly, if you can been able to protect this in any way, you can burn innate two things to the ground. I like her. I want her to be good. I really do. I I don't really know if she's going to be good. What do you think? Yeah, this is one of those cards where we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to wait and see. There's no other way about it. We just got to wait and see. End of story. She's cool. That's a cool card. All right. Next, we got Ren and Realmbreaker. So apparently, Ren and Seven lost the Seven, which is the tree that he was that Ren was using. So one green, green. That's aggressive. Anna. 
Legendary Planeswalker Ren. Lands you control have tap, add one mana of any color. So we're now fixing all our mana. Plus one, up to one target land you control becomes a 3-3 elemental creature with vigilance, hexproof, and haste until your next turn. It's still a land. Minus two, mill three cards. You may put a permanent card from among the milled cards into your hand. And then minus seven, you get an emblem with you may play lands and cast permanent spells from your graveyard. And loyalty of four. <laughs> Lux, what do you think? Uh, honestly, I I don't know. So, I I if, if I were you and someone who is purported to be in de- like love your Nethroid deck, this is exactly the sort of card Nethroid wants. So you're going to be able to fill your graveyard full of God knows what. You're going to make an army of lands that are just going to keep keep you safe. Like, and then when you get to minus seven, you're just like, I'm just gonna you're just gonna play everything for free, like for your like play everything from your graveyard. Like that seems bananas. So all the modes are good. Yeah. The... Go ahead. I was just like saying they. This right here is why I have been completely unable to build that Nethroid deck. Just every time I get around to doing so, like I, they, I already have the list that you know, we made together. But every time around to doing it, it gets new tech. <laughs> yeah, and new seventy dollar tech. So <clears throat> I'm a big fan. I am a big, big fan. Um, now let's be real, folks. Looks like people were like. Like really, really hot and bothered. Uh, this was a three mana walker that like reminded them of Oko, because it made a creature and it did stuff. Like, let's be let's be realistic. So the plus one, folks. If you play this Ren on three, you can make a three three, but it doesn't untap, which is a difference off lots of the Nisses that have this effect. They they will often untap the land, turn it into a three three. And then we're off to the races. So this doesn't untap it. It just makes it. But it has Vigilance, Hexproof, and Haste. Meaning they have to block it. And that's usually a problem. Mill three cards gives you form a card selection. and uh, Both in the sense that it returns a permanent to your hand. But it also fills your graveyard. But you can do other things with that. And then the minus seven, you're just going to cast all the get all the goodies. Means that this is just a whole, a hilarious card. I mean, I don't know if you're ever going to get to the minus seven, but it seems very strong. It seems very, very, very strong. And the mana cost puts it in league where people are going to like seriously entertain playing this in commander. So, any other thoughts there, Lux? And honestly, they, I either, and I will buy this card they, as a single, or I will hope for it in draft. Um, I think if I were you, I would probably wait a few weeks, like until after it releases, and buy it as a single. Um, you're probably going to get the best price on it then. I don't think this is going to be so game warping the way like Shieldred or El- Elish Norn were. Like, Shieldred was game warping. Like if you think about what like she's the reason she's so expensive 
is that you're getting a four mana, four five body that has really meaningful text when you're drawing cards and taking damage and you're gaining life. Like that's real. Elish Norn is a panharmonica and a torpor orb stuck stuck to a body. This is not that. Like this is good. This is a good. This is a good planeswalker. Uh, very powerful abilities. But I don't think it's, you know, any any more untowards lots of things. So the price will come down. Will come down a lot. You know, I imagine you'll probably be able to get it'll probably still be ten or fifteen dollars, but it won't be the seventy you're getting it for here. So that's my speculation, at least. If you're getting the regular pack version. Like if you want one of the fancier versions, um, then you're probably gonna pay a a, a greater premium, but I think for now this version is probably, I'd be looking to pick it up at around $10 or $15. Uh, I think it's good enough to, for, to warrant that, but not so good that it's going to hold a $60 plus price tag. So, All right, next we're going to be moving on to some uh, of the team-up commanders. So we're going to get a bunch of uh, legendary creatures from each of the planes. That have teamed up together on and they're on one card to wage battle against the invading Phyrexian uh, invasions. So, who we got first? First is Jonna and Linvala. Uh huh. What do we got here? Go for it. For one generic white, white, black, you get a legendary creature, Vampire Angel. Three, four, with flying and vigilance. Activated abilities of creatures your opponent's control can't be activated. Drana and Limbala has all of activated abilities of all creatures your opponent's control. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate those abilities. So... That ability, I think... Okay, so... Okay, four mana... Or three, four flyer with vigilance. Is, those are reasonable stats. Alright? Not crazy. Shutting down your opponent's activated abilities. Okay. Probably useful too. I've always lose track of how many activated abilities there are in a game. I feel like there's always some. But not, but not as many as I hope there's going to be. Does that make sense? Like, do you, like, when you sit down to play, yeah. it often feels like you, there should be lots of activated abilities here. But there probably isn't in the real real world. There's probably more triggered abilities than there are activated abilities that actually go on on the table. Would you agree? Yep. So this makes this first uh, this first line of text less good than it could have been. And then Gerard and Laval have all activated abilities of all creatures your opponents control. Again, that could be super interesting if you steal the activated ability of your opponent. Uh, and use it against them. But, I mean, I I don't know. Like, I don't... I, I mean, like, this card, could, they, it could be good, but it just depends on, like, if your opponent has a, a good uh, activated abilities. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. Like, this, if this is good, it's going to be very, very good. Because you're going to sit down, shut down somebody's activated ability, and do it, and do it very, very meaningfully. And then there's going to be other games where this card is going to do stone nothing because your opponent's Omnath is just going to keep triggering and there's nothing you can do to stop them. So, 
yeah, kind of a mixed bag here. I, I'm, inter I'm interested in the team-up ability, though, with these cards. Like, I like to see Drana and Linvala, you know, together on the same card. I think it makes for some interesting design space. So, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in on the card. I just don't know if it's going to be, like, a big-time commander that we're going to see lots of. Because I feel like there's not as many activated abilities as there could be. That, so, that's my thought. Um, all right, next we have Galta and Maverin. So, three green, green, white, white. So, Celestia, seven mana, legendary creature, dinosaur, vampire. And it's a 12 12. And it has trample because that's what it needed, right? Okay, but but there's more. Whenever you attack, choose one. So either create a tapped and attacking XX green dinosaur creature token with trample where X is the greatest power among other attacking creatures. Or create X 1-1 white vampire creature tokens with lifelink where X is the number of other attacking creatures. So do you want to go big or do you want to go wide? I mean Honestly, though, they this and they this feels more at home in uh, that in the in a Naya deck that I had made in a, like, a while ago, the uh, Samet one. Oh, yeah, I think this goes in like a Samet deck easily, like, and not, uh, or jet where they where like you basically they cards they I forget the name of it, but they have like extra combat and in a and oh, steps, yeah, yeah, and just like they just yeah, use yeah, well, both. I think extra combat phases. Haste is going to be really good with, with Galta, Mavern, Fane. Uh, heaven forbid, Jetmir. Um, so you like use Galta to make a whole bunch of 1-1s, and Jetmir sees that and gives them all a whole lot of a whole lot of extra oomph. So, yeah, no, um, I like it. I mean, do you think this is a commander, or do you think this probably goes in the 99? Yeah, this would probably be better in the 99, because like I said, no one might find a good Naya yeah. commander. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Like, I like I like the card. I think this is pretty exciting. Um, Galta apparently got a paint job because I don't remember her being all stripey like that. But uh, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, no, I I like it. I think it's pretty cool. I think people are gonna dig it. All right, up next we have oh okay, this guy. Who do we have? And we have Omnath Locus of all. So, White. Before you go, now mm -hmm. we've got we've seen the fifth and final Omnath, who's Omnath with all five colors. So, give give it a read. This is what we got. For a white, a blue, a Phyrexian black, a red, and a green, you get a legendary creature, Phyrexian Elemental, four four. If you would lose unspent mana, that mana becomes black instead. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, look at the top card of your library. You may reveal that card if it has three or more colored mana symbols in its mana cost. If you add three mana in any combination of its colors and put it into your hand, if you do, if you don't, reveal it and put it in your hand. I'm sorry, this is disappointing. After four mana Om Omnath, like the four color Omnath is so potent, 
for us to get this one, this feels very lackluster, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like becoming like getting completed. Down, just completely yeah. nerfed them. But I don't know what to tell you. Like it's it's interesting, and there's somebody out there that's going to build like Omnath Tribal with this, right? Like it's going to go. I want to build a deck with all the Omnaths, and now you can. But like this rewards you to play like three color specific cards, so you're playing wedges and shards. You know, your mana is going to be holy nightmare to construct. Like, your the mana base for your deck is going to be a nightmare. I don't know. Like, it just seems... Like, it seems fine, but I'm not... I'm not sure that it's g- going to create I mean, the problem the way that the other Heliod did. Like, I'm just saying that you would think that they, since this is going to be the final incarnation of Omnath, you think that they would make him the in-your-face wow, mind-blown? Yeah, or not. Like, this is just okay. This is just okay. It's like, they after that last one, they just decided well, to drop the know, ball on Omnath. This, 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 this ain't it, whatever it is. This ain't it. So... Sorry, Wizards. I don't, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of this Omnath. I'm sure somebody out there will tell me I'm wrong, and this card is the greatest thing ever, but I, I don't see it. I'm not, I'm not down. Um, I'm not a big... I'm not a, I'm not a believer in this Omnath being good. Um, so, anyway. Up next, we've got Thalia and the Gitrog. So, Legendary Creature, Human Frog, Horror, for four, as a 4-4, four, four, for a 1, and then a white, and a black, and a green. You have first strike. You got death touch. You may you may play additional land on each of your turns. Creatures with non-basic lands your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. And whenever Thalia and Gitrog monster attacks, sacrifice a creature or land, then draw a card. What do you think? And honestly, like. This is something else that Nethor might like, you know, like something that could like let you in and uh, put stuff in your graveyard yeah. for later. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I like the fact that it's a combination of Gitrog and Thalia on the same card. Like, first strike, death touch, play more lands, make your things come into the battlefield tapped. Um, you know, we're drawing cards. You know, like, it seems good. Um, kind of like a mini like a mini Corvold sort of idea. But anyway, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I think, I mean, of all these team up cards, like this is one that I'd be interested in building a commander for and seeing how good it is. But the hardship is that this color combination has had so much of the toxic, um, the toxic cards come out of uh, Freshly LB1 that I'm afraid that a lot of the contemporary cards that are going to go in it are going to be toxic based, which feels like it's you're you're playing off a cue when you're taking your the, your card that's supposed to be the defender of your realm versus you know anyway like I just yeah you get my you get my meaning like I sort of trailed off there a bit but like if your defender teams up with the Frexians that feels like a like a like a like a story Nambo instead of like a... Anyway, 
That's yeah. That's my problem with it. Um, it's gonna like because I'm sitting right here and like I'm looking at my little box here and I got like my Vishgras and my Ixel and like my 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 soon to be Phyrexian deck um, with in, in to Toxic and Infect and then I'm like I want Gitrog to be the Thalia and the Gitrog to be the commanders for that. Does that work? And I suspect it probably will, but I don't know. So anyway, what's next? Next step is Yargle and Tani. Oh, yeah. Go for it. For three, black, black, green, legendary creature, frog spirit, elemental, 18 and uh -huh. 6. Just big old vanilla, 18 and 6. You know what I want yep. to do with this? I want to sacrifice it to greater mm. good over and over and over again. So if you're not familiar with greater good there, audience... Where, uh, so you take your card, you sacrifice it to greater good, and greater good says draw cards equal to target, target creature's power. So you're drawing 18 cards and then discard three. At that point, you don't care what three you're pitching. Like, whatever your hand was is of no consequence. So, you know, so I don't know. Like, what do you think? There, well, Yargle and Multani. Yeah, I can definitely see that in a deck when they when the knobs on the yeah, I don't, what am I I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but still, like, I can definitely see that though when they, they draw eighteen cards. They seriously, you're drawing eighteen cards. They if you don't get anything good out of that, odds are you didn't yes, shuffle your so, deck yeah. correctly. But like, really, that's all you want to do with Yargo is you want to like, or I want to fling them. Like, like I, I want, I don't want Yargle himself, Yargle Multani. I want to use the body and do something with it and sacrifice it for value. Like, use Zyatora to fling it at my opponents. I want to sacrifice it to greater good. I want to, I don't know, do something else with it. But, like, an 18-6 with nothing else going on is cool, but could be so much more impactful with some, like, a little extra text. Yeah, because I, yeah. I like a heavy hitter, but I want it to come with some extra yeah. and, and, uh, so. stuff. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, and we have one more to go. <laughs> I think this is me, right? So this is a hero of our story, yep. Archangel Elsbeth. Two white, white for legendary planeswalker Elsbeth with four loyalty. Plus one, create a one, one white soldier creature token with lifelink. Minus two, put two plus one cards on target creature. It becomes an angel in addition to other types and gains flying. Notice not till end of turn, just makes flying. And then return all non-land non permanent cards with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Okay, so this is our, our hero. What do we think of our hero? And... Honestly, like I'm not really sure so, about this one. Again, I think this one's like ultimately geared for constructed, probably standard, maybe a little pioneer play. Um, yeah, because like you take like you you player on, you know whatever turn, you give two plus simple encounters to target creature. You're probably having your creature like get through, but it's not. Not good enough commander to kill somebody, probably. So Elsbeth is fun and flashy, but I don't think she's 
broken per se for commander purposes. I think she's going to be just okay. So, yeah. I mean, they. I I think a previous and incarnation of Elspeth and would I, be better well, I for think the best version is Elspeth Sons Champion. Like bar down, bar none. Like she's the best one for commander because she comes down, she wipes the board, and then she starts making to bodies to protect your board. Whereas this one will make a body, but it's making one body. And as we've seen time and time again, like good decks packed with removal have no trouble running right through, you know, that sort of deck. So, anyway, cool card. Like, if you're not following the lore, apparently Els one of the things that Elsbeth has been encountering is that Elsbeth is essentially been an angel this whole time from New Capenna. Um, and she just re is revealed to her that she's an, she's an angel. Thus, we get Elsbeth being reborn and or reconstituted as a as an angel that's pretty neat um yeah but see like the thing is like that makes no sense considering that they wasn't she originally from like, uh, we alara? saw her on alara but the story actually has her being on new capenna and as a child she witnessed the phyrexians try and attack new capenna before and uh was and I guess that's where her spark ignited and she disappeared and went off to Bant where we encounter her for the first time where she's training to be a knight uh, with the Knights of Bant. Now, um, you know, like it doesn't mean like, so she's not from Bant per se. She's from Capenna. Um, and if you read the new Capenna stories, like she recounts like, where the angels sort of have a glow to them, while she seems to have the similar glow, suggesting that she's got the potential to be an angel as well, too. So, interesting stuff um, on the whole. Well, of the cards you saw tonight, what's your favorite? And Honestly, they... Out of all of them, I'd say Rain and Realmbreaker. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty close. It's pretty. I mean, I think. I think my favorite is probably the Galta or Galta and Maverin to go in a deck. Either to go make a make my board go tall or make my board go super wide, but that I can't lose. So. Yeah, that's that's. And like I said, like with Galta and Maverin, they and put them in either Jetmir yeah, or Salmon. So I'm pretty excited for for that. Which one are you least excited for? Which one are like are these like you're thinking like that's really disappointing? I was hoping for better. And honestly, they I would have to say in they the Omnath Locus yeah. of all they. Seriously, it's like I said, like the final like, this is gonna be the final incarnation of Omnath. They we finally got the a five color Omnath and they just I, dropped I them all. I completely. think this is probably the one I'm least excited for. I find this card very lackluster and I'm not I mean, people will build it because people love their Omnath, but I'm not I'm not convinced. It's a, they, I'm just saying they they the they the four color in Omnath was yeah. just so good. And then we yeah, get this pile no, of absolutely, junk. Absolutely. We, get, we go from having, like, the, you know, Omnath at his peak to this version, which is not nearly as interesting or impactful. So, 
All right. There we have it, folks. Those are all the previews up to this point. Um, lots of new great options coming out. We didn't even look at the commander cards. Like, there's a whole bunch of new commander cards that are coming out, too. Um, obviously, wherever you get your, your previews, keep your eyes peeled in the next couple of days for previews that will be coming out um, real soon. Um, hopefully, you guys uh, are excited for the set. I'm pretty, pretty enthused for it. Um, I have to say, I didn't really love um, going to back to Phyrexia. Um, was not something that I really enjoyed particularly, and so I'm ready for a fresh start somewhere else. So, anyway. Um, I'm just going to wrap us up. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I mean, I think so too. Yeah. So, um, with that, we're going to wish everybody here a good night. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you like what you hear, uh, please uh, let us know. You can email us at theepexperimentpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can... Find us on Twitter at, at EpicEXPCast. You can also find us on Instagram. All of our decks are on the Epic are at Moxfield at the Epic Experiment Podcast. That's our username. Please go and find it. Um, and you can go and follow us on any of your favorite pl platform uh, for podcasts. So Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, LotusCouncil.com, Amazon, and Spotify. So go and get, reach out and uh, check us out. We'd love to love to have more people join us each and every week. With that, folks, thank you very much. Have yourselves a great night. Uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. And wherever you are playing Magic, be sure to enjoy it, have fun, uh, and be good to one another. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Have a good one.